Good morning. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? I'm good. I, uh, I'm running late, though. I called you late. You bastard. We can't be friends anymore. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's been real. Um, oh, it's okay. Yeah. I would say I'm not it's, a little emotional right now, but that would be a lie. <laughs> You're like nine minutes late. It's fine. It's cool. We will survive. Mornings are um, tricky in my world, Sam. Mm. They're a tricky, tricky you have thing. Little, it's because you have small humans mm. sharing a house with you. I have lots of other things that are a problem that I think uh, are more serious than that. Um, disorganized being one of them. Lazy. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> so funny um, uh-huh. I'm one of these vaguely annoying people that wakes up and goes from zero to a hundred in about three seconds I, my eyes spring open and I go yay it's a new morning and I spring out of bed and I start singing and little birds dress me it's amazing that, um, yeah. that, that is pretty annoying I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> how does it's that, true it's true how does that work out for whoever's uh, in the same vicinity as you upon waking <laughs> well well mark is a is a wake up post 1 p.m kind of guy so it's so it's an interesting challenge in our in our relationship um but yeah we we get through it <laughs> and then uh and then you get to work on time chirpy mm. ready to mm-hmm. annoy those who work with and for you yep uh-huh. But then, of course, the, the flip side is that at about 3 p.m., it's kind of nap time in my world. <laughs> then I'm useless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that is that is the downside. And do you have like uh, um, a time you? in the morning where you need to be you need to be up and about? You need to be at work. You need to be ready to go. Go, go, go. Well, and, yeah. And uh, make yeah, lots of I'm money for Rob. Up and- <laughs> I'm up and going long before the time that I need to be, so that's never a problem for me. Are you, when is your like optimum time of thinking in the day? Are you a nighttime person? <laughs> Opt- <laughs> oh, that's funny. I uh, <laughs> um, I don't have anything <laughs> resembling an optimal time for thinking. <laughs> oh, you Aww. joker, you. Um, <laughs> but um, if I had to pick a time of day where I'd rather be doing my thinking, I would go mm. with like uh, mid morning, say nine to okay. nine to eleven. Um, but well, that's I'm, not terribly inconvenient. Yeah, um, but I'm like I'm like that train that that is on the verge of derailing. <laughs> But somehow manages Aww. to just hold it together during office hours. I, just, That's me. I, I don't entirely believe that because having known you for a couple of years, I've never once seen you look out of control of your own life, ever. Well, that's um, that's cool. It means the so smoke ma- and mirrors maybe are working. Maybe it's a facade. <laughs> well, it's an effective facade. There we go. Well, it's yeah. a bit like surfing, right? Uh, yeah. The ocean is chaos. And so uh, are you on a surfboard? But every now and then you'll manage to uh, stand up and hold it together for a, for a while before you <laughs> fall on your face again. Yeah. Or something. It's kind of funny because I think you and I are sort of opposite in that way. Like, I've, you know, having had a couple of these conversations with you, like it's made me realize how anal I am about my systems and processes. And even having all my systems and processes, I often feel like I don't 
things don't aren't quite hold, held together in some way. Um, and you're kind of a things will just happen person, which is awesome. Um, and and kind of stuff comes together in the same way at the end. So it makes me question the value of any of my freaking systems. <laughs> well, it's all just it's all just random chaos that plays out in its own way. Um, and right um, now. Anybody who's found this conversation online is going, oh, he didn't just say that. Um, <laughs> and that doesn't, you know, just- I don't really want to go to the mantra of our show again about the plan is irrelevant, but planning is everything. But that's why life We've got to say a- it at least once. Yeah. <laughs> it's about ongoing planning, man. You need to, you need to be mm, like mm. adjusting things all day long because you are a monkey on a rock hurtling through space and things are fairly random. And... You need mm. a plan, but it needs to be changing all the time because guess what? So is the world around you. And um, that thing you thought you knew a year ago has changed. So now you need to adjust. Mm. And if, you, yeah, if, you're totally. working, if you're working with douchebags who don't accommodate that, well, that's okay because they're not going to be working for very much longer because the world just doesn't accommodate people like that anymore. It never really has. Mm. Um, but it was a lot slower at showing them up in the past, yeah. whereas now it's pretty, uh, it's pretty damn quick at doing that. Yeah, which means if you are in one of those those places, it's probably a good time to, I don't know, find find the next thing because you... be the change you'd like to see in the world. Oh, gross, gross! Can we no? <laughs> what? It's... How did we get into <clears throat> platitudes? Ew! If you're a corporate stooge, um, <laughs> then uh, then that's you know that's not a bad idea. The big companies aren't doomed. They're doomed if they carry on being dumbasses. But if they make mm-hmm. the, the right adjustments, um, you know, they can have some fun too. Um, mm-hmm. But they're going to have to change. And some of them have, uh, he says, trying to think of examples and not coming up with many. Um, <laughs> uh, discovery, maybe? I don't no, know. Discovery yeah, I don't was know. born to this new era. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. and so uh, that's fine for Discovery. Uh, mm, the financial industry is a bad place to look for companies that have turned the corner. I suppose <laughs> F&B, uh, F&B somewhat qualifies. Um, uh, kind of. I don't know. I, have, I know some people who worked there for a while. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, they've got, you know, the, the, um, the innovation award where your ideas are kind of taken seriously, whatever. But you're, you're still a number with a, you know, you have an employee code and you have to work in cubicles and it's quite restrictive in a lot of day-to-day ways mm-hmm. by the sounds of things. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so um, that's true. And like I said, mm. if you're looking in the financial industry, it doesn't take much to be considered an innovator. Uh, yeah. They certainly aren't innovating mine- in the way that Google is innovating. No, certainly. A friend of mine who is an economist was saying to me the other day, which I thought was quite a cool um, analogy, is he was saying big corporates is the closest view we have to what pure communism would look like. <laughs> which I thought was hmm. quite great. Like it's, you know, this, this very centralized points of control and resource allocation and kind of everyone just does their thing. And obviously it's kind of a closed mini ecosystem. So, um, but I thought that was, that was kind, of a, kind of an interesting analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, economists say the darndest things sometimes. Mm. They sure do. True story. Um, so I suppose if you're going to be the change you want to see in the world, uh, you <laughs> do that in a big corporate. It all depends on uh, on you, and um, and that's fine for a corporate stooge. I must say though, stooge. that just sounds. It sounds hard. It sounds really hard trying to. 
I don't know, be someone in a giant organization trying to, I don't know, get into the engine room and get the ship to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems hard. It seems harder than kind of, I well, don't know, being somewhere smaller where you can do things. It's an exciting challenge if you think about it. Like mm. starting new things is exciting. Um, changing big old things that uh, worked in a world that um, has fundamentally changed, that can be exciting too. I personally find find that challenge quite, mm. uh, quite enticing. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and, and old businesses aren't bad just because they're old. Uh, the reason yeah. that a business has been around for decades probably means they've done something right. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's no reason why they should be excluded from this new digital era. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, making that change is, is uh, amazing. It's also about finding the right people because I think what a lot of old businesses battle with is appealing to the kind of people that they need to turn things around, you know. Um, mm Young mm. young graduates uh, now want to go and work for exciting software firms and um, and idea agencies, etc. Uh, they yeah. certainly don't want to be joining your bank and helping you figure out the digital era. Uh, and you mm. can entice them to with lots of money, um, but you're going to have to go beyond that if you're really going to get the right kind of person. Totally. Which one of those those big behavioral economics books was it that introduced the concept of mastery and autonomy and as purpose. key drivers for people? Autonomy, yeah, mastery, yeah, yeah, yeah. and purpose. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, th- it, is it Dan Ariely? Dude, I think you'll find Pink, you know, most, of, most of these books because they are all fairly yeah. der- derivative. <laughs> um, so true. <laughs> like yeah. if you go and read, you know, whatever. Um, I like mm-hmm. the single word ones. Uh, those are always exciting. Drive. <laughs> um, you know, they're Pink. all based on the same work that was done by Kahneman and Tversky in the 70s. Uh, everything since yeah. then has just been derivative. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose, what, The ta- Talent is Overrated was one book I th- seem to remember reading that in. And another mm. one was The Happiness Hypothesis. <laughs> um, wow, yeah. Yeah, it crops up a couple of times. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that's it's it's a, it's a true thing that kind of you know more the more talented and and uh, I don't know the, the kind of better people are going to be motivated by those things. Yeah, of course, damn. We straight. know this to be true. I was reading something interesting. No, this is to be true. I read something interesting about talent a while ago. Um, Do tell. Have you? I don't know if you've heard of this book. It's this book by Stephen Gross called The Examined Life something, 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 and there's a subtitle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a strange book. I didn't entirely love it. Um, Stephen Gross is a psychoanalyst, which is obviously kind of a Ew. antiquated thing to be. I know, I know. But in the book he did – I mean, the, the book has quite interesting moments. And one of the more interesting moments is where he cites um, a study that was done in the 90s. And I cannot remember for life me did the study. But the, he cites a study in this book. Um where some researchers did these experiments with kids. Uh, and what they did is they, they took a giant group of kids, uh, I think sort of about 200, and they split them into two groups. Not a group of giant and kids. And they put them on – not a group of giant kids. Sorry, I'm okay. a little bit sick, so my brain isn't functioning entirely uh-huh. correctly. No, your brain um, is fine. I think mine might be the problem. <laughs> It's early in the morning. We can mm-hmm. blame that. Um, so he split the group into two, put the kids on difficult math problems, and – 
after the first problem, they, they told the first group of kids, well done, you did the first problem well because you're all so clever. Well done, you're brilliant. And then the second group of kids, they said, well done, you did this problem so well because you worked really hard at it or some, some kind of um, you know, version of that. And it turned out that the group of kids that had been told you worked really hard when they continued to work on the math problems did much, much better overall than the kids who'd been told, well, you're very clever. That's mm-hmm. why you did this very well. Um, so I'm not sure kind of what the conclusion of that is, but it's an interesting, interesting thought. Well, uh, it means you shouldn't pump up kids with bullshit. There's a yeah. there's a book called Nurture Shock that uh, touches on this. Um, mm. It was oh, show notes. Sorry, this is the part of the day where I remember that we are keeping track of show notes. That's right, because uh, <laughs> as we know now, these conversations make their way onto the internet, and when they do, um, some people uh, who pay attention to the smart things that Sam says want to know about the book she mentions. <laughs> Um, Lol. <laughs> so, Sorry, you were saying you were saying something. I'm so you'd find these notes at seed.tv. That's a seed like the thing you stick mm. in the ground to make a tree. Uh, .tv, like that thing you used to watch before the internet. <laughs> uh, Nurture mm. Shock. <laughs> uh, new Thinking About Children by Poe Bronson and Ashley Merriman. I read that because, uh, uh, well, because I'm a dad. But um, it's amazing. And... Mm. Uh, and the the research is fairly conclusive that um, telling children they're amazing when they aren't is not a good idea. In fact, telling them they're amazing all mm. the time, even when they are, isn't such a great idea. Um, but telling them that if you work hard yeah. and believe in yourself, you can do anything is probably a bad idea. I'm not sure if the book said yeah, that, totally. but I am. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. I think one of the problems with telling kids that they're they're gen- a genius is that it's something that's outside of their control. So you're basically saying your whole sense of self-worth is bound up in this thing that you have no control over. Yeah. And if you ever fail, it's because of something intrinsic to you, not because of something you did, which is just really unhelpful. Well, um, that's and I think part it also it. creates Yeah, but it creates anxiety as well, doesn't it? Like, yeah. oh my god, I'm so smart, I'd better be amazing all the time and I can't fail because well, I'm clever, it, you know? It causes a form of paralysis as well. So there's a whole generation of kids who were brought up in in the 80s and 90s being told how amazing they were because it because in the 80s and 90s, I suspect you had a generation of parents who were told how stupid they were by their parents as they were growing up. Mm. And they were going, yeah. um, well, that was horrible, so I'll do the opposite to my children. And they, they went to the yeah. other extreme of telling their kids how amazing they are every day. Now you've got kids in their 20s who, um, who have been told how smart and amazing they are and how they can do anything. And as you said, they've been told that it's because of some traits that they have as human beings that they were born with and can't change. Um, mm. And that hard work doesn't matter because you know I'm like yeah. the next Messiah, and so totally. and so now they sit around all day making big things smaller because they don't know what else to yeah. do. They were supposed to sure. just be amazing, and then the world would assemble itself mm. around them. But it turns out it doesn't work that way. You actually have to get off your ass and do something. Yeah. And, it's that beautiful um, moment in in Fight Club where. Um, Tyler Durden goes on the speech about, you know, we were all raised to believe we're going to be movie stars and celebrities and rock stars and whatever, and we're not. And we are not, um, and we are learning this yeah. fact, and we are very pissed off. Exactly. I believe was the line. <laughs> Thanks, I didn't Tyler. say it anything yeah. like Tyler Durden. Um, but. Yeah, you need, more, you need to put on more of a badass voice there. Well, that starts with being Brad Pitt, which I'm not very good at <laughs> in any way. Uh, so um, I am, I'm but not. You, like him 
You were saying something though. Uh, wasn't oh. it Dr. Spock, which is hilarious that he was called Dr. Spock, who was the big child writer or writer about children in the 60s, who kind of is the guy who taught the baby boomer parents that this was the thing to do with their kids. You are uh, you are, are the expert on, on celebrated medical professions from the 60s, <laughs> professionals from the 60s. I'm sure it was a guy called Dr. Spock. I'm going to read up about it. Sorry. Yes. Carry on. Sounds like it should be. I know. I mean, it's such an unforgettable name. Yeah, Benjamin Spock. He's the guy who kicked off all of this stuff, all of this. Your children are amazing and you should mm-hmm. never, ever yell at them and never discipline them. Just nurture them and tell them they're brilliant. He so what's the, guy. the what's, He's the one we have to blame. What's the workplace equivalent of that? You you manage people, don't you? Uh, you have mm-hmm. um, a herd of, <laughs> of cats that you're trying to… <laughs> herd of freaking cats. Yeah, jeez. Managing boss, smart people. Sam. No, I know, but it's it's fun though because because everyone I manage is very very intelligent, which means that mostly my job I feel like I've got a pack of hunting dogs actually, and all I need to do is occasionally I don't know shoot a partridge, and then they go and chase the partridge, and they get really excited, and then they grab the partridge, and they come back with the partridge, and they're very excited at having caught the partridge. You, like just, you just need to find them juicy problems. That's mm. it, and then let them and then get out of the freaking way. That's that's the whole point. Sounds like people. you're hedging in case they find this conversation on the internet. How do you really feel about those <laughs> bastards? I don't, actually, they're dumbasses and I hate them. No, I'm kidding. Um, what was I saying? What is the equivalent? Um, I suppose like not having any boundaries. Um, I think it's important to, you know, just like as a parent. Not I think having it's important any boundaries. For people to know. No, for sure. Like, I don't know. Uh, yes. there's, there's things, sometimes you've actually just got to, I don't know. I will win I don't with know. you I don't yet. Like no, you cannot poo in that corner of the office. You have well, to use your potty. I, I so <laughs> so as you know, I don't believe in boundaries at all. Um, but that puts me at odds with a lot of people I work with who do believe in boundaries. Mm. Um, mm. But uh, you know, like you, you look at hiring people, for example, you can't tell anything by some about somebody in an interview. Uh, you can tell a no. lot of things that they think you should hear. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you can c- tell how well they've studied for the interview. <laughs> yeah, um, but but uh, you know, the gist of it is that in an hour, you're not going to distill anything about what they'll really do when uh, when the rubber hits the road. If they require mm. a hard skill um, because they want to be an engineer, well, then I'm not going to hire you to learn that skill because you don't yet. So it's probably a good idea mm. that you know how to do that already. Um, other than that, who knows? You know, we all hear the stories about the, the guy who fell into the wrong position at work and rolled up his sleeves and got it done and turned out to be the best frickin' C-whatever-O mm. in history um, because things change all the time and people rise to challenges or they don't. And sometimes mm. that guy with amazing hard skills, beautiful wife, uh, rocking personality, sparkling teeth – uh, and nice suits that you hired who looked like he was going to be uh, the best thing that happened to your company since uh, calculators, he arrived and douched <laughs> everything up. And you couldn't mm. tell that in an interview. Guess what? Because yeah. it's not just about him. It's about him. It's about the people he's going to work with. It's about the freaking yeah. air conditioning. It all comes together mm. and it produces a result that you can't predict no matter how freaking smart you think you are. So what do yeah. you look for? You look for people who are well-dressed and have sparkly teeth and probably aren't douchebags. But other than that, mm. you think about how you're going to manage them. Um, and, uh, and you try and find out if they're the kind of person who is adaptable. And uh, this is reminding – sorry, I'm getting sidetracked because it's reminding me of uh, the hybrid traits model. I mean, you know the hybrid traits model, of course. 
I actually don't know what the hybrid trace model is. Tell me about it. I will put this in the show notes. Which yeah. you will find at seed.tv. That's seed like the thing you stick in the ground to make a beanstalk. Uh, <laughs> dot, uh, TV, that thing you used to do before sex. Um, and uh, it'll, no. Seed, no, no, no. Seed.tv forward slash TBTD uh, forward slash. Episode 12, Sam. So the number 12, one, two. Uh, oh, like my goodness. The things that come before three. Uh, Dude, that's like three months worth of Fridays. Mm-hmm. Go us. Yeah, totally. It, it feels like it's been forever, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in a good way, I hope. Not, uh, oh my goodness, this is such suffering. Well, hey. you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably just be hanging out with you anyway. So, um, if, yeah, it's if, true. It's true. You know, if if, uh, if I can do that and it can make its way onto the internet, well, why not? What a bonus. Uh, hybrid yeah. traits model. A holistic approach to be a better person and professional. Hire great people. Create the best cultural fit and grow your skills. <laughs> um <laughs> It was uh, written. I hate. I hate HR people. They are the worst humans. Well, this in the wasn't world. written by an HR person. Things. No, no, no. Ah, it sounds like it Ha-ha, was. but this is okay, a post on Medium, uh, the fantastic Ooh. new blogging service from what's his face who started Twitter. I really love it. Evan something, the yeah. Twitter guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was written by David Cassily, who's a design slash axe professional. Aren't we all? Um, and <laughs> he wrote about the hybrid traits model, and I actually think he's a smart mofo. Uh, and if you go hmm. and read it, about it, he's so he's got this pyramid, firstly, where he calls a professional pyramid, right? And at the top, you've got the proactive block or triangle, if you will, um, the ability to take initiative. That's important, right? Uh, so you want to hmm. try and find out about that. Next down in the pyramid is responsible. So you want somebody who takes ownership of shit. Tick. Uh, hmm. And at the bottom of the pyramid, the broader skill is – is competency, right? So you want you want the skills that are required to do the job. But then up the side of the pyramid is uh, the find and discover slice, the ability of that person to learn um, because mm. that's bloody important as well. Uh, and the reason it's a hybrid model, I guess, I'm trying to remember exactly what our good friend, what's his name again? Uh, David, D-A-V-I-D-E. I, um, David, David, because it can't be David. With an e on the well, end. he's a designer, you know. Dev, Davide. <laughs> we know they're all a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you've got the personal circle, right? Um, and that's 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 where you've got uh, traits like adaptive, you know, being mindful, uh, compassionate. You're looking for people with compassion. That that sort mm. of, which is different to empathy, which is the other thing you're looking for. Their ability to connect with other people on an emotional level, and then individuated, mm. right? People who know their truth. Um, and so he takes those four things uh, and he puts them next to this pyramid of those competencies, proactive, responsible, skilled, mm-hmm. ability to learn. And he's like, if you can find those four personality traits uh, combined mm-hmm. with those four, I don't know what he calls them, professional competencies, mm-hmm. like, then you're winning. You can't predict mm-hmm. how this person is going to fit into your company and what they're going to do exactly. But you know they're the kind of person that you want to be working with. This stuff works. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Justin um, Spratt has this, this, this saying about that, those kind of people, which is, I, I think, quite a good one, which is he keeps saying, just get the right people on the bus. We'll figure out where they sit later, which is, you know, if you find those people, even if you have no freaking idea what they're going to do and there is no ad out for a person who is, I don't know, a dolphin trainer, um, mm-hmm. which is what they might be, you should just get them on the bus because people like that who are all those things you just said, adaptive and blah, 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 will find a role for themselves and they'll be great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with Justin because he hired you. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so there's uh, that. Actually, he didn't. I, I joined Quirk before Justin did. Aha, it was Rob. You see, yes. he's smart. And yes. Rob hired Justin. Ah. Aha, see. It's all coming together now. Don't you have something anyway. at uh, your company, that being Quirk, uh, called the Christmas Party Test? Does Rob still do that? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rad. So, I mean, because we're an agency and we, we work really long, late hours with each other, and also because agencies essentially sell the skills of the people that it hires, um, personality is pretty freaking important to us. So the, the Christmas party is essentially a culture test. So um, you have a representative from every level and every team in the organization. So you'll have like one intern, one, I don't know, client service midweight. You're just like a cross section of people. And then <laughs> we quiz these people. Do they know you call them client service midweights? Uh, no, no. I mean, so midway is actually a legitimate level. I don't, agencies are weird, dude. Don't worry. Um, anyway, so you put Not people worried. in in this room. <laughs> I love my client service people. Anyway, um, hedging, shit. If people listen hedging. to this, anyway, I, I'm kind of hedging. Um, so you put all the people in a room and you basically ask this person, you interview them, but not at all about their job. You ask them about their puppy and about what their relationship is like with their siblings and what they like to do for fun on Saturdays. I don't know, whatever. Um, and they can be very personal interviews sometimes. Um, and they're supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be the equivalent of hanging out with someone at a, at a Christmas party. And the only question that we ask people coming out of that is, would you want to sit next to this person at a Christmas party? That's, that's the reason for the name. And it's a yes or no. Like, yes, I kind of enjoy hanging out with this person or no, I don't. And Does that's, anybody ever that's, say no? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and actually we've not hired some very highly skilled, well-CV'd, well-interviewed people because they failed the Christmas party. <laughs> because the intern thought they might be a douchebag. I like that. <laughs> it's cool. Well, Southwest Airlines does something kind of similar. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously Southwest is very you know, well-known for its amazing culture. And um, so I, I don't know if they still do this as well, but I, I read this article in Forbes a while ago where um, their whole thing is about they need people who are innately helpful. They want to help other humans. That's mm -hmm. got to be a very key driver for them. So what it's they do is they do this like – you would think so, yeah. Um, they do this thing where they kind of – they trick people in the interviews. And I don't know if they can still do this now that their <laughs> secret's out. But what they used to do is they used to make sure that they would schedule two people for an interview at the same time. so that, And then they'd make them both wait in a waiting room. Nice. And they would observe how they interacted with each other under stress in a competitive situation in a waiting room. And if they were, like, really helpful and supportive and, oh, hey, good luck, whatever, that was a great sign. If they just sat there sullenly – that was an indicator that they're not the right kind of person for them. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Um, so if you're the person who's, uh, who's hiring people, this is all very handy. If you're the person who wants to be hired uh, by this kind of person, because you need to – and, and this, this might sound um, completely uh, off, the, off the mark given – the situation we sit with in the world today where jobs are not as easy to come by as they may have been for our parents and where the fact that you just finished college with a degree does not mean that you're guaranteed mm. of anything in life. Uh, and where I think a lot of people will just take whatever job uh, they can get because there isn't much choice out there. Um, mm. but, but I like to think that if, 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 if you're the right kind of professional in this modern digital age – uh, you are in demand, <laughs> and they, you do have a certain amount of choice over where you're going to work. And so 
You want to be choosing mm. your boss based on what we're saying as well, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. So what do you what do you look for in a potential boss? Is it the same stuff that uh, that we've been talking about a la hybrid traits model? Um, mm. Because, you know, the boss is the guy. Let, let's make no bones about it. Uh, when you walk into a job interview and you're being interviewed, you are selling and they are buying. And I think a lot of companies mm. get that equation wrong too. You get a lot of bosses who act like they are uh, like they're selling, and the person, <laughs> the glorious person <laughs> they they would like to hire is is uh, is buying. Um, but yeah. but the reality is the money flows one way. So um, yeah, kind of because the person will then make them lots of more of it. Um, <laughs> okay, scratch that. Yeah, but <laughs> okay, it depends if you're an engineer. Anyway, yeah. So, so when you walk into the room with Justin Spratt or Rob Stokes, uh, what are you looking mm. for? Uh, they're bad mm. examples. <laughs> well, uh, Rob Stokes is terrifying in interviews on purpose. Like he, he makes a, a big thing about he, – he tries to rattle people and see how they cope with being rattled. Um, so he does these crazy things where he starts yelling at you for no reason and slams the table. It's, it's a really funny thing to watch when you're not actually the person in the interview. But anyway, hmm. um, I don't know. I think it's a good question because the thing you want in your boss is not necessarily the same thing that you want in your – partner or someone else in your team at least in your in, if you're in quite a hierarchical organization yeah um i think i don't know well I, I th- if we go to the professional pyramid of the hybrid traits model david yeah. david is getting a lot of airtime on our show <laughs> but that's okay because uh, he's a smart mofo and he probably deserves it the professional pyramid um if i'm assessing a potential boss i'm not too worried about that the you know they're mm. probably not a boss because they weren't proactive responsible or skilled and didn't know how to learn um yeah so at the right company let's assume that they weren't just promoted to the next level of incompetency which is how people became bosses in the corporate world until now Mm. um but let's assume that at the right company rob stokes and justin spratt probably know how to do those four things that's why uh they're your boss um but Mm. what you could look for is the stuff in the personal circle um are they adaptive uh because Mm. you know a lot of bosses aren't necessarily and you don't want to work with people like that are they compassionate? That's important in a boss. I don't think you have any right to be a boss if you can't dig where somebody else is coming from. Um, yeah. Are they individuated? Do they know their truth? Do they have that confidence? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to work with somebody who doesn't. And are they empathetic? And that's perhaps the most important trait that a boss needs to have uh, in managing mm-hmm. other people. Can they connect with people? Uh, or are yeah. they are they David Brent? Um, yeah, sure. You know, no, that's very true. So maybe that's look, what you I want to look for. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a great place to start. I mean, I think for me, my question has for myself has always been, you know, if this person told me to I'd march to China, would I want to march to China? You know, does this the sense of are they somehow inspiring? And I know that that's a very sort of fuzzy and and weird concept as well. But I, I think you join a company or you should be joining a company because on some level you believe in what it's trying to do and you believe in why it's trying to do something. Um, And unless the person who's leading you, you feel like they have a vision about that, that is something you can buy into. Uh Um, And like, I mean, when you've had conversations with me about your boss, about Christo, I mean, that's, that's very much what it seems like that you, you kind of believe in what he's trying to do and, and think that he knows what he's doing. I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth. I don't know if that's true. Uh, yeah, so um, so I very much work with somebody like Christo, uh, who's my boss, um, because because of mm. who he is. Uh, so I I won't say I chose him as a boss, but he 
he approached me to work with him and I wouldn't have been even remotely interested if it wasn't him asking. So I, I totally believe in mm. what the business is doing. Uh, I buy the vision. Uh, I love the team. But I work, I until then worked for myself. So if it wasn't Christo asking, I'd, I mm. frankly wouldn't have cared how amazing the business is. Um, I still sure. would have shared the vision. I still would have wanted it to succeed. I would have found it harder to say, yes, I'm in. Uh, if it, mm. if it, if it was, you know, some douchebag in a suit asking, um, yeah, well, he had to be a better boss than you are to yeah. yourself. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and look, let's face it. Somebody who would have approached me in the first place. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly what you'd expect, um, uh, somebody in whatever my position is to be. Um, so, you know, it almost would mm. have only been mm. Christo asking anyway, cause anybody else would have gone, what? No, he can't do the job. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. We can only hire him to do radio shows. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, the other view is, is you, you're like a Ricardo Semler sort of uh, Heishua, very flat organization. Um, mm. They aren't the, the best boss is a colleague, you know. And, and I, I suspect mm. if you mm. asked Ricardo mm. Semler, he'd go, you know, with a bit of a Spanish accent, <laughs> which I'm not going to attempt. Um, he'd tell you that, you know, he's the kind Portuguese, isn't yeah, it? there's, there's, uh, yeah, Brazilian, right? I think so. Um, he's like, you know, yeah. well, somebody, yeah. somebody started the company and there's another guy who looks after all the finances and there's a duty to make sure the operations are happening. Uh, and there's a guy who, uh, who makes sure the technology is ticking over, but those are just jobs at the company. They're no more or less mm. important than, uh, you know, the developers who are doing all the really hard work. Um, the analysts who are coming or who are, who are actually turning these ideas into something that are workable. Like we're all, we're mm. all just doing jobs uh, together as a team. Um, and it's the yeah. team that's important. There's no, there's no boss here. There's just, uh, that's another job looking after investor mm. relations, etc. cetera. Um, mm. It's very Heishawa. Yeah, no, I think it's true though. I mean, you know, we're humans. Humans are fundamentally motivated by building communities with other humans um and it's a it's a damn good idea to make sure that the community that you choose to be part of is filled with other humans that you quite like working with i mean that's that's really it's that simple mm -hmm. um and now we have another mm -hmm. book for our show notes because what is it the seven day weekend and uh maverick uh, uh, he's got the seven day weekend books. he's also got uh, my favorite is a book called maverick yeah. um yeah okay yeah okay into the uh, notes the they go. Seven day. Dude, I'm typing. Come on. I need to learn how to um You don't need I, I don't can, know, do I short do hand or something. You have better things to do. Like herding but cats. But I've got my awesome Google <laughs> like herding cats. Uh or sending hunting dogs after partridges. Do partridges fly? Is is that even a thing one can do? I've never seen I'm a partridge. I'm led to believe that they do. Okay. Hmm. I suppose Hold that's on. how it got into the pear tree. All right. Partridge. Partridge. Part I. <laughs> uh. No, not Audrina Partridge, Wikipedia. Uh, Stupid Wikipedia. Wow, she's, uh, she's not bad looking. <laughs> she doesn't fly. Stay with us, Simon. Stay with partridge, us. Partridge. <laughs> bird. Uh, fly. Uh, uh, partridge. The wonder of birds. Uh, yeah, per Who partridges. Dude, I don't think you shoot partridges. They're beautiful. And, um, oh, okay. Ooh, sorry. Well, I'm mm -hmm. a vegetarian. I don't shoot anything. Oh, are you now? Fly. Changes all the time. Now. Now. What um, a, a pigeon hawk. Simple. Uh-huh. 
I'm learning all about Wait, partridges. This is probably a good time to uh, to put a fork in it, lady. I think so. If we're going down a, a, a partridge uh, side thing. Oh, they're very beautiful, though. I've also just found a picture. Mm-hmm. They've kind of got funny, funny faces. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be eating those. You shouldn't be putting those in your stomach. You, mm. you should not. It's sub- a type of pheasant. You should not submit that to your digestive tract. Uh, Why is our cute um, animals somehow less digestible? And I'm going to go and make sure that all of your employees listen to this uh, conversation. No, no, don't do that. Also, because I I get I get very freaked out when I I feel like people that I know in real life listen to things that I put on the internet. Hmm. I'm very happy with strangers and people I don't know listening to things, but it's Hmm. it's it's I don't know people that you know. It's like oh man, that's a curious trait to have uh, for somebody who puts a lot of things on the internet. Mm, I know, I know. Do you ever get nervous about that kind of thing ever? About uh, about people I know finding stuff about me. Uh, no, no, more the kind of uh, some kind of performance thing. I mean, you must have gotten used to this in your mm. radio days, right? Knowing that people that you know in real life are listening. Yeah, um, not really. I think I've just always been, uh, uh, you know, like like Ricky Roma says, always tell the truth. It's the easiest thing to remember. Um, mm. I, I don't feel like I've got anything to hide. You know, a lot of people I, I work with might listen to a conversation like this and go, well, yeah, you know, we knew he was a, a bit strange. Um, so none of this is <laughs> none of this is a surprise to us. Um, mm. Something. Uh, I'm not sure I'm making much sense now. I think I need more future life. Okay. Oh, future life. Okay. Go and enjoy your future life. I will chat to you next Friday. All right, Sammy Whammy. Okay. Keep it real. Hey, you know what? Um, mm-hmm. We need to actually. I don't want to talk about that because this might make its way onto the internet and then somebody will hear it. Never mind. Scratch that. I'll talk to you. Okay, I'll phone you back now quickly. I'll talk to you on WhatsApp. Word. Okay, cool beans. Have a All great right. Friday. Cheers, Sammy. Bye. Bye.